Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those who are watching online as well. I have some exciting announcements for us this morning. Our first announcement is, after this service, um, at about 12.30, our lunch brunch, which is young adults, young families, are going to be going to the alley, which is uh, the bowling alley inside the mall. And they're going to be having lunch there. And some of our younger ones are even going to acolyte training uh, at the alley. They're going to have that. So it's really exciting. But I've also heard, because I've had to ask for myself, I'm 43 now, and um, lunch brunch is actually, they sit anyone that's young at heart. So that includes, if anybody here wants to go, it's the bowling alley in the mall, you're welcome to go. Um, we had some youth service days scheduled this week, we're pushing those back a few uh, days, or we might move things around a little bit, so stay tuned if you were involved in that. Um, we've had some illnesses and a, a chaperone that's under the weather, so uh, we'll come back to those days in a little bit. Wednesday night, our children's ministry is going to be grilling outside and having an awesome time, um, so you want to check that out. And you always want to be asking Catherine, how can we help with children's ministry? Because you'll be blessed by helping with it. Um, I don't know if you noticed these, so okay? Right outside these doors here, you will notice these awesome Christmas stockings. We do Christmas in July here at the church, and these go to the Salvation Army. There's a list of what you can put in there. Um, it's not very expensive to fill one of these up, and it's an awesome blessing for the Salvation Army. These are due. Just ignore what it says from the Salvation Army, because it says something about December. We would like to have them back by the end of July. And people sometimes ask, well, why do you do that in July? Well, it's because we don't want to bombard you in December, because we also do the United Methodist uh, Children's Homes in December and other outreaches in December. So we do this in July. It's an awesome ministry that I want you to be a part of if you can. Um, my last announcement is um, just I, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been to the exceptional persons party we have here at the church. It is awesome. It's really probably one of the greatest things we do here. So we have a party up in the gathering room. Um, it is going to be on July 20th at 3 p.m. It's for adults with special needs, and they just have an awesome, awesome party for them. So come and help. Let somebody know that you want to help with that. It's great. Um, it's a great, great ministry we do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
I invite you to stand together this morning as we sing that great Harry Emerson Fosdick text, God of Grace and God of Glory, hymn number 577. Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. This is the time in the service we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering. And as we do that, I think we should just pause for a second and think of some things that you are thankful for. Some ministries, some people that are being reached that you can say, thank God for that. I wanted to point out real quick that we have an awesome media team here in the back. Look at that. And Parker Casey's back there too. Can we give it up for our media team? I just want to tell you how awesome the media team is. Um, we have a minister friend in Poland that often watches our service and comments, and we just have uh, family members and people from the church. 
that connect and watch out of state and people watch when they're at the beach. It is just absolutely amazing. So that's one of the things we're so thankful for. So as we prepare for this time to give, think of some of those things that you're thankful for. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we have so much to be thankful for. And today we offer our praise and thanksgiving to you. Um, We pray that every gift that is given will be used for your kingdom and for your glory. Um, Not just here locally, but also to the ministries the United Methodist Church does around the world. God, we are thankful and we give thanks. We pray that um, not only the financial gifts, but also the many gifts of time and service that are given through so many uh, members here at this church, God, that you will continue to use each one of us as individuals to be your hands and feet in our local community as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I wanted to let you know, in just a few minutes, we're going to be singing our hymn of preparation in a little bit. And every week, 
uh, that I, when, I'm, when it's my opportunity to preach, I always message JT and Benny and say, here's what I'm preaching on. Do you have any good hymn ideas? And this week, JT found one, and guess what? It's not in the hymnal. So it's going to be on the screens. I'm telling you now. So I kind of thought everybody would be looking for it. So that's where it's going to be. Um, so when we prepare our hearts for a time of prayer, just like we did at Tithe and Offering, I really want us to think of those things that we're thankful for. Because um, during prayer time, we always think of the burdens we have, which we're going to do that too. But let's really give thanks to God for the so many blessings that we have. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we give thanks this morning. We have so much to be thankful for. And sometimes when life is difficult and situations are difficult, we forget to give thanks. So this morning... We give you thanks. We give you praise. Um, God, at the same time, we lift up the unspoken burdens that we have here. Each one of us came in carrying something into worship today. We, we offer that to you. We, we ask for help with these situations. We lift up our homebound church members right now. We, we lift up those who are sick, those who are having difficulties. We pray for the caretakers as well. We lift them up to you. We pray for um, our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. We pray that you will protect them, keep them safe, let them know they are loved. Um, God, with so many things going on in the world, sometimes we don't know what to pray, and we're reminded of your words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If any children would like to go to children's church with Catherine, now is the time. I forgot in early service too, yeah. I invite you to stand for our hymn of preparation. You'll find the words on the screen. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore him.
then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be? Loving God, I pray that through this passage in Amos that you will speak to us, uh, that you will speak to our hearts, and let us hear the message that you want us to hear. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I'm using the lectionary passage. Whenever I'm asked to speak anywhere, I just look to see what the lectionary passage is. That's what I do. I've done that for the past three or four years. Unless Pastor Sam tells me we're doing a sermon series and tells me a scripture, it's always the lectionary passage, and that's what we use with the youth group as well. The lectionary passage can take you many different angles. Sometimes you get a passage and you're like, this one seems a little boring. What is it saying, right? And you have to dig a little bit. Then sometimes you get a really wild passage and you get Amos, right? It's a wild book of the Bible. This is not a passage of scripture that you heard at vacation Bible school growing up as a kid. It is not a scripture that you heard taught in children's church probably. Um, because the words of Amos can be harsh and challenging for sure. Um, A couple years ago, I had the opportunity, I got to write a paper for school on the book of Amos, and I learned so much through that as it's such a challenging book. But here's the problem with this lectionary passage, is it drops us off in chapter 7, so we have to do some framework to know where we're getting into in this book, and rather than just reading the scripture, we need to know the, the outline of where it's coming from. Amos is one of the 12 minor prophets that we find in Scripture. It is believed that Amos would have spoken this message 
uh, during the reign of Uzziah, who was over Judah, and Jeroboam II, who was over Israel. Jeroboam uh, II, who was over northern Israel, a bulk of the message of Amos is going towards him and the bad things they're doing, right? He's going to get a bulk of this message. Amos is from a little town called Tekoa, uh, where he was a shepherd and he took care of sycamore trees. Doesn't that sound relaxing? To have your job where you take care of sycamore trees? I think it sounds peaceful. You're not having to deal with all the drama or whatever else comes in different workplaces. He watches after the trees. So he lived about 12 miles south of Jerusalem. Amos did not come from a family line of prophets, right? Um, if you have questions about prophets, Reverend Ken Casey's there. He can tell you all about them. But um, most prophets came from a family line of prophets, not Amos, right? Amos probably didn't even think of himself as a prophet. The scripture we're going to read today, he says that. He says, I'm not a prophet, although we label him as one. His message is poetic in style, and the book of Amos is broken down into what they call oracles, right? The messages are to the, um, to the nations around Israel, but mostly going to be directed towards northern Israel. Um, that's where the bulk of the message will go. So why the long intro? Why not just read the passage? We need to know what was going on, right? And I really want to drive home the point that Amos is kind of a normal guy. He's a shepherd and he watches after sycamore trees, but he is going to be used to bring a message of justice that needs to be told. You see, the people of Israel, these are people, their ancestors, they had been in slavery themselves. They had been captive themselves. And now what are they doing under the rule of Jeroboam? Those in power are abusing the poor. They're taking advantage of others. They are not loving their neighbors. They are mistreating people. And Amos is going to spend his years calling it out in the name of God, saying, you were, you were in that spot at one time. You know better. What are you doing? You're not following God. So what are these people doing? They're mistreating the poor. They're selling people into slavery for almost nothing. They're slave trading, it talks about. They mistreat women in ways that I won't even mention here from the pulpit. There's idol worship that goes on. And when there's idol worship, that causes them to be more selfish, to care only about themselves and mistreat the poor even more. And this is what Amos is going to talk about. In Amos chapter 5, where, which, where we're going to be preaching from uh, chapter 7, but Amos chapter 5 is a very famous passage that I know you've heard. And these are the type of words that Amos speaks. In Amos chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, this is the message that Amos gives from God to the people. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with your noisy songs. I will not listen to the music of your harp, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Have you heard that one before? That's Amos. By the, by the time Amos 7 rolls around, um, he had been writing in a poetic style before, but now it's going to turn into visions of what Amos is seeing coming from God. It starts off chapter 7 talking about locusts, plagues are coming to get you, right? That's some scary stuff, right? I mean, I, we had, in Florida, we had flying roaches. Have you ever seen that? But now, I mean, this locust thing, it sounds scary what he talks about. So as we prepare to read this passage, I want to tell you when I took this class in school on Amos, this is what the teacher taught us. He said, think of it and read it from different perspectives, right? So I want us to think about it in three different perspectives. The first one is, think about the message to us as people in power, is the first way we can read it. When I read the book of Amos from the position of thinking about that original audience that's hearing it, the people who are mistreating the poor, the people who are taking advantage of others, right? Read it as you are that person. It's a scary, scary message when you read it from that perspective. And then we have to ask ourselves, 
Am I ever a person in power of some type of position where I make the poor, where I make the less fortunate feel like they are not worthy of God's love? Am I ever in a position of power where I make somebody feel less than or not worthy of God's love? Do, do I ever do that? Do we ever do that from positions of power? Or are we fighting for people to be treated fairly? The second way we can read Amos, okay, is to think about the people at that time who were oppressed. How did they hear this message? God as the liberator, fighting for them on their side. Earlier, I prayed for the people in Ukraine. Think about that passage, this passage in Amos that we're about to read. Think about it from somebody who's in a war-torn country, right, that has their land being taken away. And they read the book of Amos, and they read it as God the liberator. God is on their side. Even though things are rough, God is fighting for them. Think about this scripture, that people who hear it, people that had been in slavery uh, at some point in their life, when they hear this scripture as God the liberator, God fighting for them, God seeking justice, God with them. And then there's another way we can read it. And this is kind of the way I'm going to talk about today. Think about Amos right? Think about Amos when we read it. He is called to give this hard message. Amos, remember, he was just a guy who worked with sycamore trees. But I bet over the years God had been stirring something in his heart, that God had been revealing to him the injustices that were happening. And God was telling Amos, it's you, I'm sending you to give a message, to give a prophecy. God is calling him to speak. It's one of the angles we're going to look at it today, mostly. So Amos is going to refer to a plumb line. Just raise your hand. Does anybody know what a plumb line is? I'm going to see if you did better than first service. Okay. Some do, some don't. I did not know what a plumb line was, but JT, you know what one is. Is this a plumb line? I made one. It's not an official one, all right? This is not an official plumb line. This is a made from the children's arts and crafts room here at the church, Okay. But a plumb line, I'll bring it over here. Um, a plumb line with the weight at the bottom and the string, it's supposed to make a perfectly straight line once it stops moving where you could build a wall or build something, right? Don't ever trust me to build something, okay? But this is a plumb line. The neat thing about this is, is uh, when you follow lectionary, there was other preachers online asking their congregations to bring plumb lines. Pastor Steve West in Jacksonville was asking for a plumb line. And at first, I was going to use a level to show, because I think that's what people use a lot of times now is a level. But the people here in the office that I work with, they said, oh, no, you need a plumb line. We're making one, right? So that's a plumb line. If nothing else, you learned something today, what a plumb line is, right? Okay, so this scripture is going to refer to a plumb line. Um, and it, it refers, Amos is referring to things that are not balanced. Things are not right. People are not treated fairly. This is that message that we did not hear in Vacation Bible School. The harsh message from Amos. This is Amos chapter 7, verses 7 through 17. This is what the Lord showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? A plumb line, I said. Then the Lord said, see, I'm setting a plumb line in the middle of my people Israel. I will never again forgive them. The shrines of Isaac will be made desolate, and the holy places of Israel will be laid to waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then here is the exchange between um, Amaziah the priest, Jeremiah, and Amos. Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel reported to Israel's king Jeroboam, Amos has plotted against you within the house of Israel. The land isn't able to cope with everything that he is saying. Amos has said, Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will be forced out of its land. Amaziah said to Amos, You who see things, go, run away to the land of Judah, eat your bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it's the king's holy place and his royal house. Now we're going to read how Amos responds, because he's been told to leave. He's been told to leave. But God is telling him not to, and here's his response. Amos answers Amaziah, I am not a prophet, nor am I a prophet's son, 
but I am a shepherd and a trimmer of sycamore trees. But the Lord took me from the shepherding to the, to the flock, and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, now then hear the, word, the Lord's words. You say don't prophesy against Israel and don't preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore the Lord proclaims, your wife will become a prostitute in the city, and your sons and your daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured up and divided up. You yourself will die in an unclean land, and Israel will surely be taken away from its land. That is a harsh, harsh message, isn't it? Jeroboam, um, this ruler who's made the rich prosperous, right? But making the poor poorer. Um, Jeroboam isn't happy with this message coming from Amos. This is going to threaten his power. It's put fear in the people. And who is this Amos who is prophesying anyway? These terrible things that are going to happen. The high priest tells him, get out of here, run away, go to another land to prophesy. But did you notice Amos did not back down? He is going to do what God has told him to do, and his words only get harsher. I wonder if Amos, when we read it from his, his viewpoint, Did Amos himself even think, God, this is harsh. Don't you want to tone it down just a little bit? I mean, you really want me to say your wife's going to be a prostitute and your kids are going to die? That's harsh, isn't it? I wonder what was going through Amos' mind. I wonder if Amos thought, they're going to kill me. I wonder if that went through his head. And again, let's ask ourselves, why Amos? Because it's such a good question. We said he's not from a family line of prophets. Was it because Amos was willing to speak boldly? Was it because, um, what was it that made him be the one? Charles Abney is here today, over there, and he told me about the sycamore tree this week. The symbol of sycamore trees are strength, protection, clarity. There's symbolism in being a sycamore tree farmer, right? We can learn from that as well. We ask ourselves the same question, don't we? Maybe we aren't called And I pray we never are called to bring a message like Amos did, right? But at times, we are called to stand up and say something, to stand up for justice. But what what was that moment in time where you felt called to speak up like Amos? I, I tend to think that there's probably some of you here that have had a job or in the workplace. There was an injustice, right? Maybe there was some sexual harassment going on in the workplace, and God put it on your heart. Nobody's going to say anything. You're the one. You're the one. Speak up. Tell. Tell about it. Report it. Call it out. I think about our young people. They've had those Amos moments where somebody's being bullied, and they say, God's put it on my heart. Not going to be tolerated. We're going to speak up. We're going to shut this down. What was it for you? What was it for you? Has God ever called you to speak up to a friend who is facing addiction? Speak to that friend and say, bad things are coming if you don't turn around, right? I'm here for you. I love you. I care about you. But you've got to turn around. You've got to turn around. What holds us back at times? I know we've all thought that at times. We think, I'm not qualified. But we are qualified to speak up for justice. We are qualified to call for equality. So I ask you again, if you've been called to bring a tough word, maybe not as forceful as Amos, saying bad things are going to happen to people's spouses. I, I sure hope not. But there's situations that happen all the time in our community, in our neighborhoods, Uh, at our workplaces, where we are called to address things and speak up. We have to be careful that it's from God, right? Because we want to be careful we're being like Amos and not just being a jerk, right? We want to pray about it. We want to say, God, I want to make sure this is from you. Be careful that it's from God. Make sure you're in prayer. But at some point in our lives, we're going to need to stand up like Amos. At some point, God is going to show us a plumb line. And God is going to say, are people being treated fairly? 
And God's going to say, are you going to rise up and speak up and say something? At some point, God's going to do that for each and every one of us. See, when Jeroboam and the people started worshiping idols, they started treating people even worse. They took their eyes off of God. But when we worship and love God, we see people the way Jesus sees them. We see people as beloved children of God. We see all people, um, and, and we love them the way God loves them. That's what happens when we worship God. We put idols and other things in our way. We can sometimes neglect people. We can mistreat people. So maybe you heard this message today, because I've read it in three different ways to myself. Maybe you heard this message and thought, maybe you're a position in, in power right now in your life, and God is telling you to watch out, right? Because I've read it that way for myself. Maybe God's telling you to watch out. Make sure you're treating people fairly from a position of power. Maybe you're here, and in some way you feel oppressed. You feel taken advantage of. And you heard this and you know the God of justice, the God of love is on your side. Or maybe you're sitting here and you heard this and you thought, God has been telling me to speak up for something and I've been quiet. And you might think I'm just a sycamore tree farmer, right? And God says you're so much more. You're a beloved child of God. I want you to use your voice for justice. In the words of Amos, let justice roll down like a river. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray for each one of us here. I pray that when we are called to speak for justice, when we are called to speak up, that you will lay it on our hearts and give us the boldness to do so. God, we pray that we will never be people that make others feel less than, that we will never take advantage of people. God, I pray that we will continue to be people that show love to the poor, the outcasts, those who have been left out, that we will show love and compassion towards all of your children. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 454, Open My Eyes That I May See As We Stand. As we leave here today, may we remember to speak up like Amos when we speak up for justice and truth. Go in peace.